You're listening to The Running Public. From marathoners to mud runners, we all have the same goal. Get to the finish line faster. That's right. This podcast is for you guys, The Running Public. This is The Running Public's Training Tuesday. Training Tuesday is where we talk about training only. One topic, we dive deep, we explore it completely. It's training, it's Tuesday. Training Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. Brack and I saw your name pop up on my Instagram feed in a results list this morning. What? Yeah, I raced this weekend. What? Classic last minute decision. How last minute? Thursday. I want to say Thursday. Did you do it so you could meet the abominable snowman and hold a bottle of whiskey up on the podium? Is that why you race now? Well, in theory, yes. So what happened? Uh, they opened up more registration spots. I went about a month ago to register and it was sold out. They opened up a few more. So I grabbed a spot, drove out to Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, where they have had 14 inches of snow in the last two weeks for a snowy obstacle course race. And then they got three days of on and off rain leading in. So 14 inches of snow watered down by probably an inch or two of rain. And it was the hardest terrain to run in I've ever had in my entire life. Really? This is the Abominable no Snow Race, by the way, folks. We didn't say the name of it, which on, which is a cool local Midwest OCR race. It happens in the winter. Conditions are usually brutal. And what I've seen, like the obstacles are legit. Any station work is legit. Like this is a legit race. And a lot of people show up for it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Why was it so hard? Uh, but the, I mean, the terrain. So it's on single track mountain bike trails for the most time. But the snow is the worst type of snow to run in powder you can just plow through really hard packer icy you can wear spikes for this was the kind where you go in four to six inches but it's slushy but dense and so no matter what you're wearing you're slipping and there was not one free step on course you had to earn every step you took and it was a 10k so it's just long Mm -hmm. for that amount of bad steps or just like something slipping and quick like a hamstring or a hip or a glute is is just clenching to try to keep you in place every single step of the whole race was like that on top of that they up they got a new obstacle partner and developer slash uh builder for the this year and they upped their obstacle game they had six rigs wow like ocr world savage level rigs uh things i haven't touched in years and they had a like a low rig a difficult for me low rig but it's drizzling. <laughs> it's mm. 35 degrees. And you're going through snow. You have to use hands and feet to get up some of the climbs. It's so slippery. Like numb hands, wet metal, actually tricky rigs. It was just physically demanding. So it was a lot of fun, but it was it was very hard. Sounds hard. I uh, I saw it came down to six seconds, I believe, you lost by. Six seconds in an hour 20 race or something. That's like what that. the results say, but but it wasn't that. Okay. So... Uh, I, I was about 15 seconds, maybe 20 seconds behind the leaders, uh, coming out of a plate drag. I'd made up some time and then we hit a low rig and the guy got through about 30 to 40 seconds faster than me. Mm. I ended up spinning in place on an anchor. Uh, I kicked the next ring that you have to use to wrap your foot through to get around and it just swung and I swung and I, I was very slow through it paused a lot so came out a minute behind and it stayed like that for the next two or three miles Mm. and then i fell off a rig uh, just a slip 
Um, but it was a taxing rig and I took like 20 more seconds to get my grip to make sure this was a one and done type thing. Cause it's mandatory obstacle completion. Yep. I don't want to be standing there. By the time I got off that, I was almost two minutes behind. But you made up the ground. With about just under a mile to go, he came out of the woods behind me. Uh... <laughs> He'd spent minutes off course bushwhacking. <laughs> uh, so we just ran in together. That rig situation reminds me. He had me. won. I was racing second place by that point. Uh, but You almost stole that's, it. That's the way it looked. Yeah. So he would have... No, we just ran together and, and he took the win. Oh, uh, you said go cross first because... We chatted the last mile together. It. Yeah. He he had won. I'd given up on him. It was over and done. He didn't fail a single thing all day. He didn't fall off anything all day. He was just better. And he was running really strong. So... Uh, that's how that worked. It looked like six seconds, but he would have beat me by probably a minute and a half to mm. two minutes. You're talking about dangling on the rig reminds me of my first OCR. I did battle frog rest in peace back in 2016 came to the mm. twin cities and <clears throat> I was new, but Mike Ferguson had raced there. Mikhail Jarillo came down. Uh, I met these guys for the first time there, right? Lero Rugland was there. A couple other local names, Jordan Buscemi, Midwest yep. guys. And I had no idea who any of these people were. <laughs> Mike was newer to OCR too, but could really run. And he was out front and I was in second. Anyways, <laughs> he went up to the rig and he must've been so new too. He decided to go into two lanes and I come up to him and he's dangling like he's being crucified. He's, he's completely split in the arms, like one arm way over to the right, one arm way over to the left. And he's trying to grab these low rings with both feet. So he's literally in an X position, like facing the direction he should go, <laughs> just twisting and turling. And it was amazing. Anyways, I, I left that fool there and it just makes me think of him dangling there. And I was like, oh man, this is a serious rig. And I, I just stayed in one lane like, you know, a human yeah. should do. But that was my intro to OCI. That was my first rig ever seen. And I see Mike Ferguson up there basically in a crucifixion position. Just Strung stuck. Up. Oh, the memories. <laughs> um, okay. Real quick on the race. Uh, we like to have our takeaways, teachable moments. Did you learn anything about crappy, yeah. snowy ski hill running or anything like that? I don't know. I, I don't think I learned anything new there other than that there is a form of snow running I don't like. I love winter running, but that that was – I don't know how enjoyable I found that snow, mm-hmm. if I'm being perfectly honest with myself. But I le- this was only my second OCR race in the last year and a half. I've, I've not done as much of that, obviously. And this was the most challenging grip-based obstacles I've done since probably 2016 mm. or 17. This was harder than OCR Worlds to me the last time I did that. And to make it through in outside of driving rain in that conditions or actual ice on the obstacles, I think it's about the worst conditions you could do to make it through there. I was, I was actually really, really happy to do that. I was, it sounds lame, but like proud of myself Mm -hmm. that I don't practice obstacles. I don't do grip work outside of pull-ups, maybe deadlift or kettlebell swings you could consider. And I found a way to get through the rigs slow. Yes. Awkward, probably, but I got through, and that was exciting. Love that. And it's good to have a little humble pie, right? Like, especially early in the year in a race that doesn't technically Always. matter, right, to leave with takeaways. And um, I see some of these, gosh, you know, this last weekend was a fantastic weekend of racing in, like, the collegiate track and field world. Actually, the national track and field world. And I see mm-hmm. the collegiate 5K record being broken and guys going, you know, sophomore going 353 and – um What's his name? Solomon. Colin Solomon. Anyways, 
like being on that this early in the year is like really fantastic, but it's also like really scary. I worry for like Nico Young, like when the when national champs come around and he's unable to finish, like it seems to be. It's just interesting. All I'm getting at is that I'd be okay with some takeaways right now. I'd rather not be trapped in the best fitness of my life at the end of January. So that's yeah. a good thing. I think it's a good thing. My glass is half full. My real tinted glasses are on. I'm not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. All those things. Yeah. Yeah. Ba- babies floating face up in the bathwater right yes, now. Yes, sir. My, my strategy that I outlined to you over the holidays was that I just want to build a lot of sub-threshold work. When in doubt, work a little less hard and build more reps at that and use races to sharpen and remind me things. And that's what I've been doing. And it, this, this fits in line with that. Early on, did I feel like I was tipping over really soon? Yes, I did. Mm -hmm. The exertion of the race was a system shock, and my body didn't love it. But there was always something there waiting. And at the end, I was running as fast as I was running at the beginning and probably could have done another mile or two. And the things that used to really destroy my legs, like having to reach up extra hard into the snow and pull with hamstrings, that would have left me tired. I got right back to running after I was durable and I had sustainable endurance on course and I was missing some high end and that's okay right Mm -hmm. now, especially if I consider this all a year long comeback that started last year till now. And now I'm building from here. It is okay. I left feeling strong and healthy and that I can keep doing what I've been doing. And I decided to push back extra intensity another eight weeks after this race. Sweet. No, I, I'm in a good spot. Let's, let's see if I can make it eight more weeks before I move up to the next level. So that was the, the takeaway, which is let's just keep following the plan for a while. Marquez Green is fast. Yeah. He's had some legitimate Savage Pro results. And this wasn't a fast course, um, but the obstacles certainly played to, to more into his hands. And I'm happy with that result. So let's just keep doing it. Let's see if I can add another hour of cardio with this intensity rather than I wasn't fast enough. Let's go faster. Everybody wants to do that. They go race. They feel like they can't access the speed they want, and they pivot right away. I need more speed work, and they're wrong. They need more stay power work so they can hold it longer. And I think in the endurance realm, let's say 5K and up, even a mile and up, speed is only built on durability. If the durability isn't there first, the speed falls short of its true potential, right? So, like, shortcutting the process, it's January I know we have great weather up here right now, so we have like dry roads and it's warm. You can get out there in shorts right now. It's unbelievable the weather we're getting. But like just send holding back a little bit, I think is smart. Um, we have a little abbreviated timeline today, folks. And uh, I'm going to tell you that my heart is broken. My heart is broken because Bracken and I recorded an episode last week. And I honestly probably had the more fun recording that episode with you than I have had in a while. Our Friday episode. And it's lost in the abyss. We're testing. <clears throat> we're testing out new recording software, and something went wrong, and that's why you guys didn't see a Friday episode. We're very sorry about that. And we were going to re-record, and I said, and Bracken agrees. I can't recreate that magic, Bracken. I can't. I can't m- bring myself to do it. So we didn't re-record. But what we did, and maybe we'll attempt again, is we asked AI relevant running questions and then dissected its answer and gave us our thoughts on it. And we had a good time doing it, but uh, it is in the neither. I don't know where it is gone, but it has, it has left us. So uh, sorry about missing Friday. We're, we're working through the kinks. We will say. I got off that one. Lisa always asks, how'd that one go? I said, I had a lot of fun. 
Mm-hmm. And you had the same response. That was way more fun than I thought. It was a Q&A that we asked ChatGPT first the questions and then tried to answer it better ourselves if we could or pick it apart. It was a lot. It maybe doesn't sound like and we didn't know how fun it would be. It was a really fun conversation and we can't find the episode anywhere. Yeah. It's just poofed and vanished. So anyways, want to clear the air on so, that. Um, today we are going to talk about our favorite workouts we've done recently just to give you guys some workout ideas uh, through the next coming weeks and months. And then we have a call to action for you we're going to end with today. But I think we should start with the fun stuff. The workouts that we feel are impacting us positively that we're doing as of late. Like, what are you feeling right now, right? We come and go in waves. It's like, I'm really into float workouts right now. Or like, I'm really into buy-in and cash out threshold interval sessions right now. Or I'm into pure tempo runs. Like, I've gone through it all. And I'm sort of in a phase right now as well, which we haven't talked about. And I'm curious about you. Mm. So why don't you kick us off? What's We'll go top three favorite workouts we've done in the last month, let's say, or so. Um, what do you got? Well, I've been sitting, and I've been vocal about this, sub-threshold. So like if my lactate threshold heart rate, this is basically as fast as you can run without really accumulating a lot of uh, lactate buildup. So you're talking 40 to 60-minute race pace. I'm working at like 70 to 90-minute race pace having a lot of fun sitting there. Some days slower, but my favorite workout so far has been 20 to 25 by 400 with 40 seconds recovery. 45 seconds, technically. But I'm running it slightly slower than 10K pace. So So it is not fast. I'm running at like 60-minute race pace. So the slow end of threshold for the short end of intervals has made it just an utterly enjoyable workout where you're running quick enough to know you're running quick and feel good but you're running easy enough and the the interval is short enough that you just feel spectacular pretty much the entire workout. So let's break. And that's been so fun. Let's break it down. To do. So why 45 seconds rest? Let's call it 20 reps just to keep it simple. So mm-hmm. 20 by 400 meters with only 45 seconds rest. Why 45 seconds rest and how should it actually feel while you're doing it? Let's forget about pacing, although that is relevant here. Like, how should it feel and why? Why do it? It should feel like you should be working faster. The way I describe it is my stride knows it's running faster than slow. Like you just, you're, you're aware that you're running quick, but you're not fighting for any amount of speed or even working for speed. I'm just running pretty. I may not look pretty, but it just feels like this is a clean, crisp stride. I could do this for a mile if I wanted to, but I'm doing it for 400 meters and 45 seconds to make it short, short little rest to keep me in check. Cause if you overextend a little bit with such short rest, you're going to start feeling it. I don't want to be feeling it. This is skill work as much as it is engine work. And it's just enjoyable. I would say it's enjoyable running. If the, if you're not actually enjoying the feeling of your stride during this, then you're probably working a little too hard. Are you fighting or clawing even a little or reaching the last 50 meters? No. You're running through the line clean. Nope. Um, Clean all the way through. So this is very much a base workout. This is not an in-season workout. This is a base workout. This is setting the stage for what I'll do later, and it allows me to stack more workouts throughout the week. This is my easiest workout of the week. This is one where I finish, I go upstairs, I might shower, start eating, and while I'm eating, think... Oh, I wonder what I should do. Oh, that's right. I already did my quality workout. Like, there's no lingering effects of this really whatsoever. I could go do it again the next day and the next day. 
before I would start to even think maybe I should just take a easier day. So it's very much like a C plus B minus workout. Not to so fun. Not to try to turn this into a competition, but it's very much the way I approached 40 by 400 meters on my birthday with 60 seconds rest. A lot of reps. And truth be mm. told, the first quarter of that, let's say 10 reps, was like, is this a joke? Like, am I, am I really doing this? Like, it feels too easy. I'm too comfortable. Am I selling myself short here? Because yep. I'm finishing and I could continue and I'm ready to go. Well, let's have it and say you did 20. Well, really, like the first five, you're kind of like, this is easy. Like, I'm actually not really even working and I'm oddly enjoying this. It's invigorating, but it's not tiring. And so when you work into it that way, it's like the first quarter to half, you're like, am I like, can I really call this a quality session? And then the back half, you get into it a little and you start to feel the volume on foot and you start to fatigue still. Don't get me wrong. This isn't like mm -hmm. all butterflies and rainbows, but early on, you're like, am I being like a wimp? No, for am I sure. being like a wimp right now? Your RPE rating of perceived exertion might be a five or six early on a five. Like that's not really much. But that's the point, right, is to extend it over duration. And then um, you'll see your heart rate doesn't dip as low in between and you get to run clean and efficient. And so I think it's just when we start those type of workouts, it's just like you kind of feel like maybe you're selling yourself short early. But that's the point. Yeah. I'm hitting the upper 40s, lower 50s early, 140s to 150s and dipping down into the one teens and 45 second rest. And by the end, I'm dipping down to the low 120s and getting up to the the mid 150s hmm. so they're just not long enough reps to be bad but it still takes an honest effort well and by the end my calves are tired well now i'm curious so let's say and then we'll go to another workout but um let's say you were to really rip 20 by 400 with 400 45 seconds rest still like the mm -hmm. goal was over speed training but you still wanted to keep short rest like how high would your heart rate get in an oh. honest effort there you just said you're you're peaking in the upper 150s for this type of workout would you see 170s in a true 158 is about what i peak in okay what would you see in a true? Yeah, You'd... I'd start in the low 60s and get to the 70s. I also couldn't do 20 of those right now, I don't think, at 45 seconds rest. I would need 60 or 90. What I was trying to convey to the listener is that think about where your heart rate gets if you're going really selling out on 400s or shorter intervals, and I'll drop that down like 10 BPM or so and kind mm -hmm. of use that as a gauge as well. Um, as a rev limiter, you're not seeing those big spikes, point being. Right. Yeah, not at all. It is just the most gradual chart you'll ever see. Um, anything else on that one? No, that's about it. I guess to put my effort in perspective, when I do interval work, I don't watch TV. I just listen to music generally. I've been watching races during this one because mm. I don't have to be focused. If I do it on the treadmill, if I do it outside, then I'm listening to music, but I don't have to focus on this. And to put it in real perspective, last week I did this and on rep 16, I didn't hear my uh, my, my timer go off. And so I ran the 60 second rep and then I got 36 seconds into the 45 minute rest before I realized what had gone on in a real workout, quote unquote, you're not running through your rest without having a alarm bells go off. Right. So 16 reps in, I was comfortable enough to do 50% more work before I thought this kind of feels like I've been doing this a while. Mm-hmm. So that's really all you need to know about the effort level I'm using here. Yeah, your mind wandered enough where you, didn't, you weren't even looking at the clock, which I think says enough. 
it's, that's not happening in like five by mile workout. <laughs> speaking of watching stuff, man, uh, what a gift this last weekend of racing was. I mentioned it earlier, but like go to flow track and watch some of the races that happened on the collegiate level this weekend. NBC sports has a few out there now from like the world scene. Um, it got me through my entire workout yesterday. I went 80 minutes on the assault bike back and forth from strength as mm. I'm watching some calf issues, but quickest 80 minutes went for me and as long as i can remember because i was just watching the race and letting the juices flow it was awesome so go on youtube watch that stuff they had a lot of it out there right now um my workout so i'm going back to basics i've had a rough month if i'm being honest i have felt like absolute dog crap since getting covid and i'm finally coming out of it like on a, a an energy stand yeah from an energy point of view but i you know, messed up my calf bracket knows this this weekend. So now I'm kind of on the baby and it trained. So this will all have to be prior to that, but I'm going back to basics this winter. Um, tempos with, with high turnover finishers. It is as simple and as, and mm. as old as time, right. But it's kind of the best of both worlds. And so unfortunately what I think set me up for my calves to go absolutely ballistic on me was one of my favorite sessions. And then, you know, they got fired up the next day, but I simply did a 30 minute uphill, what I call tempo, uh, at 30% incline straight up 30 minutes, 30% working my weaknesses. I think now's the great time to do that. And that is my sole mission. And then I took a five minute hike recovery and 10 by 60 seconds on 60 seconds off at 15% as a finisher. And so I got the heart rate up and I kept it there. In fact, I cooked too hot and had to back off the speed because my heart rate was getting a little out of control let me recover and then got some higher turnover where I opened up the stride at 15% um, afterwards. And it's not sexy. And you watch that clock and you, the 30 minutes at 30% when you haven't been doing it is just a grind. Like I know what foundation that lays. So just simple right now, I'm going to go out and run hard ish for 30 minutes, 20 to 40, depending on what you're training for little breather. And then you can either rip some 60 second or quarters afterwards just to open things up and keep the efficiency and then call it. And so Although it set me up, I think, with the lower body strain to really have my calves tweak from a systemic and engine point of view, I'm like, this was as beneficial as anything I've done, and it was not sexy whatsoever. You look at me 20 minutes into that thing, and I looked Hmm. terrible, and I looked slow, and my legs were full, and I hated every second of it. But, like, that's the stuff, I think, right there. And so tempo with uh with a little higher turnover finisher i will probably do those till the end of time and in the winter i do more of that than anything if i have races still a few months off so that was just last friday um and i don't think you can you can argue that in the off season i know you've done a good bit of that too but that would be my most recent one where i was like yeah this will move the needle classic track workout minus the incline yeah 30 minute tempo some fast turnover stuff afterwards. I have a hard time. It's great stuff. I have a hard time holding back on that one at incline. I don't know about you, but like once my heart rate starts, like it'll just start leaping. Like on flat terrain, it doesn't do it as much, but on mm-hmm. incline, once my quads are filling up and I start to feel my hips and my lower extremities are burning and then my heart rate can go from like chilling to like 10 beats a minute higher, like pretty quick. And then suddenly I'm like, well, I've crossed the line all somehow doing this and then I have to back off. Do you ever experience that at steep inclines? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. On the, on the flat ground, there's such an efficiency of movement and momentum that you get to use that you can build into the workout. Two miles in, you can start running faster, easier than you did one mile in. Mm. Three miles in, you might be even faster with less effort uphill because there's no momentum whatsoever because we have to generate every stride you get more depleted every single stride yeah 
you don't really loosen up into the effort. It just becomes harder and everything gets more depleted and then your heart shoots up. Yeah. So yeah, I find it the, the the mark of the great runners is that they can kind of coast bounce uphill. Yeah. And the rest of us have to really, really earn any benefit we get uphill. Yeah. And I'm actually a couple, I'm like four pounds heavier than I was this summer. And uh, when I was running the five Ks and I can feel even four pounds, like I can feel that is not it exponentially is a detriment going, really? going uphill. But what I do like about it, uh, one is fantastic engine work, but I think it's endurance strength training. Like it really like the lower body recruitment and muscle fiber recruit, I'm not relying on gravity. It's the opposite of that. And so like what it does for you, like from a like strength endurance standpoint, like I feel like it's kind of a two birds, one stone when you get up to those steep inclines. And again, they're pretty miserable, but you feel like, yeah, this is going to move like, like the base to everything I'm building. Like this is going to build that foundation from a strength standpoint and an aerobic standpoint. So I think it's like a, I feel like two birds, one stone at that incline. I don't know if you, if you ever gather that, but like I agree. You don't feel that leg burn flat, like in that way. No, it's very demanding. And it also, I didn't know that. I knew your calves were flared up. I didn't know about this workout. When I run 30% early on in my training progression, it is so stressful on my calves and Achilles. Like up to 20, I can run on my treadmill. Up to 20%, I can run without real ramifications. Probably like 40 to 60 minutes of work. But once I get to like 25 or 30, it's very stressful on that area mm-hmm. to the point where I have to baby my early workouts. I start them at 30 and partway through I'm moving them down to 25 or 20 because I can just tell this is not good for my calves anymore. And if you finished it out and then ripped something afterwards, those babies were fired up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still got things to learn. I'll constantly make mistakes, right? We, we're constantly learning from our dumb decisions but that's all we do but the tough part is is during there was no red flags i didn't feel my lower legs were fine my calf during the oh, session see, i get them during no i was fine not a, not even on my radar so i didn't have any warning signs telling me to chill right. i was okay that way my, my calves were completely fine during the session um but enough about that one sounds like it's as old as i'm not reinventing the wheel but maybe a good reminder if you're searching for a you know a winter session you can do it flat at any incline it doesn't matter. And then nice little finisher just to make you feel a little better about yourself, open things up, keep the efficiency piece, all that. But, um, what about you? What's the next one for you? Well, I just two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, started adding in some like base version of compromise running into my workout because it breaks up the monotony of being indoors. Since we again, got 14, 15 inches of snow in the last two weeks, my last two weeks, I've been on the treadmill for all my quality. And so I've started doing a version of KDE with no rest. So our classic KDE workout is two minutes of work, whether it's heavy carry or a heavy pull or push or drag into a five minute like threshold run and then two minute recovery. And then you do five to seven or four to six rounds of that. I've been doing it as like a tempo style, no rest. And as a result, working less hard on the run. So I'll do two minutes sled push and pull five minute incline run. And I've been doing like three to four rounds of that. And then I moved to step back lunges, uh, around a 50, around a 60 and around a 70 with five minutes of running in between. So I'm getting like seven rounds in and it works out to, what is that? 35 minutes of running with, uh, two, so 40, it's like a 45 minute workout or so. So it's just good aerobic threshold, more style running, a little bit over that, like gray zone running combined with muscular endurance work for two minute bouts. 
one of my favorite workouts of all time. The two five two setup is brilliant. The two minute rest is not very long, considering the seven minute interval total duration. Mm -hmm. And you always find something to fatigue the lower half and then go into a run. So you're working on like durability and state power. Like if you're a hybrid athlete or like OCR, like I don't know if there's probably if you talk about staple workouts, like that one always has should always be in there in some capacity. Just that simple setup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two minutes is just long enough that you fatigue at the end and short enough that it's not utterly destructive. And then the five minute run is a good a good length for a threshold-ish interval. And like I said, I just cut the two minute rest out and ran slower. I mean even just a a gentle, good workout. And you could translate that, like people wonder how to piece together these hybrid workouts. A lot of people are self coached, right? And it's like I mean, you wanna you wanna bite off a manageable size chunk of your next race, like Heck, skier, go think of high rock, skiered for two minutes, five minute tempo, two minute rest. Push, two minutes, five minute tempo, two minutes rest. Pull, like you could literally follow, you can follow the order of any of your events and mix up the workout styles. And KDE is like a really good one to like people for them to dip their toes in the water. Mm-hmm. Like it's a semi sim and if you get dialed in on your pacing, what things feel like, that's going to be what, eight rounds of that, let's say at nine minutes around yeah it starts to add up i guess with the rest but um i like that format for like a lot of reasons with a lot of different type of like hybrid race is that why you're doing it why are you doing it to just be durable and ready like what's the reasoning behind the why right now durable and ready at my lower half really responds well to muscular endurance work and i'm doing gray zone threshold work on all of my runs so keeping it different is fun for me but yeah i i have a lot of interest in getting rid of my last high rocks result my my pr is still a 70 minute uh granted it was done on the 25 meter sleds not the 12 and a half mm. which does matter but it's still like i did that while training with a torn meniscus i raced with a torn meniscus i got surgery two weeks later like i was very limited but it doesn't change the fact all those excuses thrown out there that my pr is 70 minutes and i don't like being a 70 minute high rocks guy I want to be a 65 or a 62 minute or, you know, someday a 60. I don't even know if that's in the cards, but mid to low 60s is what I'd like to like to look at and smile and say, yeah, I did that. I look at a 70 and think, man, I haven't even broke 70. So I need to get that out of my system. So I'm not entirely sure when I'm looking at maybe Anaheim doing that. that April? Maybe not. I, I haven't fully committed yet, but uh, May, May, May. May 17th or 18th, 18th. That's a good time. That's the birth. That's the birthday week. So, that's right. So I I don't want to get too far away from the things I need. So this is a a good muscular endurance workout. Pushing and pulling is great for your legs, as is lunging, but it's also high rock specific. Mm, I like that one. There will be a day in which I do that two minutes of fatiguing myself into five minutes of running. Uh, I know something will come up in which that will make sense for me. Uh, a lot of times, it's my favorite workout mm-hmm. to do a week out from like a trail race. But I just skipped the two minute buy and I could, or you, even you could do two minutes of walking lunges into five minute tempo, two minute rest on the terrain that you're going to race on. For some reason that just primes me just right. Race day feels easier a week later. It's, it's good. Like I'll let myself get VO two max on it and really get ready and feel the pain. And like Katie is just fantastic. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Another one. I'm trying not to get too fit too quick and I'm trying to, uh, trying to listen to my body is systemically because COVID wrecked me. Right. But, um, again, I'm trending the right direction. So when I think about that, I think like, okay, don't be a hero 
and how can I get volume in without overcooking the intensity? And so um, last week I went out on the roads and simply did a mile on a mile off. Like, is that a DNA changing workout? It's mm. not. It's a lot of recovery for the session. You know, I was running between five and five thirty pace for the miles and recovering between six thirty and seven pace. And so my recovery is like six thirty to seven minutes on like a five minute effort, you know, which is like, okay. And granted I was keeping mm. the recovery efforts honest, but I was like, all right, I need to get efficient at a little higher turnover, but I don't want to crush myself today. I don't want to go out and run mile repeats with a minute rest and aim for target times right now. What I want to do is just feel the workout out. And so I know if you've been listening for a while, I kind of shifted to this like float style mentality with my recoveries. And so all I said was, okay, you're going to recover somewhere around 645, give or take, but that's the idea and let the quality come to you however it will. What that does is it keeps a rev limiter on me. Uh, even though the recovery is long, a mile, I'm not like dogging it. I'm not going out and running eight minutes for me, which would be easy. I'm saying the recovery is the only thing I care about. You're going to hit your recovery pacing and then do what's reasonable on the quality. And most people look at like quality sessions, the opposite, right? I want to hit this for the quality and then I don't care what my recovery is. Mm -hmm. I've been looking at it. My mind works backwards now. I don't even think about the quality on most things. I just think about my goal is to really work in and out of threshold. Maybe my off miles were, would be six minute pace if I was really looking to like get fit. Right. But instead 45 seconds slower, mm -hmm. um, allows the overall damage to be lower while still keeping me on track. And so I'm a big fan of picking a recovery effort based on what you're trying to accomplish that day. And my, my, you know, hope was to actually recover in between those miles and not cause too much damage. And so maybe a month or two down the road, I might go a mile on a mile off and my off might be six flat. Like I said, and I might try to hold my ons the same. That's a workout. Right. And so hmm. I like the, the governor principle. And that's why I chose that because um, I wanted to get work in, but I didn't want to ruin myself while doing it. And so I choose recovery pacing instead of fast pacing. The fast pacing will be whatever it shakes itself out to be. And so I did that last week and it felt very productive and reasonable for this time of year again. So that would be the other one. I, I was really happy that I prescribed that one for myself. Felt right. I like that one a lot. And that's one that athletes right now are looking at on our, on our online training plan. Like that song is, sounds a lot like song run. Mm. Like, yep. One run easy, one run a little quicker. I mean, one song easy, one song a little quicker or five, five, whichever one we're putting up there. It's a great off-season workout because you get what you want out of the workout, but there's you don't have that inherent temptation to push for faster times, push for better recovery. We talked about that, the iPod run that we used to prescribe when iPods were a thing. That was heavily infused in my training years yep. ago. Did you, what did you call it? A music run or did you call it? What did you call it? I, I call it a song run now. I don't know. Back then it was probably, yeah, like a shuffle run or an iPod run. Mm -hmm. It'd be like I used to build playlists uh, that would be... Like a chill song and then something with some bass to it or some beat to it. And I would just go back and forth between like Coldplay and Rick Ross or Coldplay <laughs> and Jay-Z or something back and forth that would just relax me for a mile. All right, let's pick it up and be happy for a mile. I love that session. You know what somebody did, which I thought was genius? You remember um, Power Hour, the drinking game, where you, dr mm -hmm. you drink a shot of beer every minute on the minute, it comes up to like six beers in an hour. It's like a college kids game. And we used to do it. 
a little bit. Why? Well, they have these playlists on like YouTube. It's like power hour, like hip hop. And so the song just changes every minute for you. Boom. Into the next one. You're like, oh, that's a jam. And then a minute later it changes. That's a jam. So you can go on YouTube like for like 60, 60 intervals and just pick like a drinking playlist, the power hour of your theme of choice. Like you want nineties pop power hour, like go nuts. And then you can hit your intervals without even looking at your watch. How brilliant is that? All right. So I did this Kirk. Come on. I did this in Sweden. When we traveled over there, we spent one night or two nights in outside of Stockholm before driving up to Lulia to see my sister. Or no, we took another puddle jumper up there. It was like three hours away. Uh, and all the kids were out of sorts. And everyone was wanting to fall asleep at like two in the afternoon, myself included. And we got to the point where we realized if we sit down or turn the TV on, we're all screwed. So I was trying to think of what we could do with the family. And Lisa's like, just lead lead a group workout. We're ju- we just all need to sweat or something. So I went on YouTube to find a power hour. And because I was so, my brain was so rattled and foggy, it took me so long to find a clean playlist. Because mm. most of them are built for college kids and they're extremely explicit. And it was really hard. And I ended up finding it was the same thing. It was like 90s pop power hour. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did with the kids. We did an hour of, we were doing like flutter kicks and jumping jacks and that's what we did. So I'd done this, I've done this one time post-collegiately, a power hour and it was with my family. Did you explain the playlist to the children or no? No. Just curious. The only issue I could see, because I haven't done that myself, is like the power hour tends to have like rampy up songs. So like on your offs, it's still kind of like a power song sort of is what I've noticed with those playlist mm-hmm. so you're gonna have to just accept yeah. that you're not gonna have the rick ross whitney houston back and forth but you know it still keeps you busy so i might do that one then i stumbled upon kirk i went down the rabbit hole yeah there is a power hour generator online okay. and there's even an app that you can download to generate your own power hour playlist did not know i'll get into the, i'll go. get into the weeds could you develop like a power hour but like 90 90 like could you do that like, could I to generate a power hour of interval duration? I think durations? probably through the app or online. Hmm. That'd be great. Yeah. Could be our next. Now we need to look in. We need the running public power hour playlist. We need to look into trademarking uh, or coming up with some sort of patent if that doesn't exist for our next app. All right. We got to make it quick because we want a call to action. All right. My last one is short. Okay. Yeah. Last one is short. And it's as simple as it gets. I've been doing out and back long runs or medium long <clears> runs. <throat> I've been doing these 90 minute to hour 50 long-ish runs and I go out on these trail systems that are snowy and I just casually plot along on my way out and I go out four or five miles and it takes a long time in the snow and then on the way back I just pick it up and run quicker right up into the point where it starts to become actual work and then I shut it down and jog easy the last mile or so back so I'm like the most recent one I did five miles out three, three and a half miles of kind of a cut down and then jog the last mile back to the car. And it's just really enjoyable. No real purpose to the workout from like a, a pace I'm trying to hit. I'm just trying to run fast and feel good, pick it up, get in and out of turns for a while. And then before it starts to become damaging work, just shut it down and jog back in. Was that uh, like in place of a long run or was that like a midweek long run or where did that fall? I might've missed that, that those are happening on Sundays after actually after that uh that um, KDE workout the day after so KDE I'm running at like aerobic threshold but with some compromised legs and the next day I'm running ten easy and three to four of them are a little quicker 
Got it. What are you doing after that day? Are you doing a recovery day? Are you doing an off day? Are you doing, what are you doing? Yeah, day? lifting and real easy. I like that setup. Little, just a titch of, titch of maybe semi-quality on fatigued legs, but not overdoing. Yeah. If the run was five miles longer, it would be a legit pounding run. If it were 10 to 20 seconds per mile faster, it'd be a legit workout. But instead, it's just another one of these tweener base workouts I'm throwing in there right now just to keep the ball moving, keep myself invigorated, feeling like I'm doing real work, but not really taking any damage. I like it. You used to prescribe uh, back in the early days the Kenyan run, although different, the Kenyan run still probably a staple right which is basically like maybe pick an out and back route five out five back out at recovery and you come back some people like come back like at real threshold tempo effort and some you just try to be notably quicker pick it up similar but like less damaging even than that right yep Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i'm let's say i was going to do a five out five back hard the first three are slightly slower than i would do normally and the last two are back to easy again so it's just a dose of the workout, enough to feel good and not enough to have to really recover. All right. I'm going to make my last one quick here. Um, progression long run. Okay. Um, theme with this time of year is yep. for me, not, not too cute. I don't need to be getting cute right now. I need to be laying pavement and I, you know, I believe in that more and more as I've gotten older and done this longer, but um, progression long run. It's the most, I think it's probably the best bang for your buck. You spend a good bit of time in threshold if you're having a good day. And if you're not having a good day, that's okay too. You start at recovery and you progress sort of, and you realize it's not your day and you finish out easy. So like, it's really, you know, the, we prescribe on the running public training plan, long run with optional cut down. It's really kind of the same thing. You go up for your long run. If you're feeling yourself, sure. Let's start tightening the screws and, and finish with a bit of a bang. Maybe even spend a good time in threshold. And if you're not, you get, 30 minutes in and you're like, you know, I'm sluggish from a big week. Great. Then you just ride it out. But you set out the door sort of open-minded. Usually I set up the door with the intention to progress, but I've, I've abandoned that ship if it's not a good day, right? <laughs> and so it's just like such a good one for this time of year yep. because if the workload from the week wasn't too much and you're feeling poppy, good. An extra threshold session. You can spend 30 minutes in threshold on the last back half of your long run. And it's like, dang, what an end cap to the week. So just the progression long run like now through April 1st for me is like, just like, Hey, go have it. Let your body tell you if it wants to work. And if it does like progression to threshold and get some extra, extra time in there. So simple, but progression long run. I love it. That's the sister workout to what I'm doing on these out and backs. Mm -hmm. And both of them, the key is it's pressure free. If you're not feeling it, you bail on it because you're still getting a long run in. Mm -hmm. Um, all right. Should we make our call to action? Cause you have what four minutes, four minutes back and you got to be done by three or you gotta be done already. Let's call it three. I'd like to be done a minute early. Okay. Do you want to kick this thing off or should I? Yeah. 2024, Kirk and I have talked about how we're playing with new software. We're trying to make this podcast sound and function better. Uh, we have we have some goals for the running public this year, and part of that is listening to you more. Uh, people always reach out with, with unasked for advice, and now we're asking for asked for advice. What do you want to hear more from us in 2024? What kind of topics, what kind of interview guests, what type of running conversation do you want more of for this year? Yeah, and in addition to that, uh, Bracken and I are getting together for a running public weekend. Just him and I have an Airbnb right outside of Devil's Lake State Park next weekend. We're going to get down and put like four solid days of brainstorming and work into what we want uh, to work towards. 
And part of that is other things you guys want to see, like we have waffled around the ideas and are taking pretty seriously um, putting on our first ever running public training camps, for example. Um, little things like I've had like six people message me about t-shirts, wanting t-shirts. We have none. If you want more product, what do you want to see? Um, anything you've noticed, like we know our audio quality can be better at times and we're getting to work on that. But like anything that comes to mind, like not like we're looking to be roasted, but if there's areas you would like to see improved or <laughs> wantings, um, I would suggest actually messaging. I'm sorry to do this to you, Bracken, but I would message or email our personal accounts, not the running public accounts on this, only because I want to make sure we both see them before our man weekend, which is in like a week and a half. And so like thoughts, ideas, comments, questions, um, what you would like to see us offering, you know, those of you who are on our training plan, some feedback on that, um, anything of that sort. Um, I think we're, what we're looking to do is give this thing an overhaul. We're looking at refreshing the website and updating our functions there, looking at better storefront, looking at better content accessibility, working on our release times and dates, all of that. So, like, think of all of that. Anything little that pops into your head, just shoot it to us because we're gonna we're gonna be brainstorming and getting to work next weekend. That's it. Thanks for listening. We will see you this weekend. See you then. Mm-hmm.